This is People Who Play, a show about the art of playful living. I'm Emma Warrillow, researcher, writer and part-time mermaid. And I'm Ben Martin, content creator and nostalgia junkie. Every episode we discuss family life, playtime and we interview a guest who has found a way to play at life. From creatives to educators to comedians, our aim is to inspire more grown-ups to grow down and unleash their unique play powers. If you'd like to join our play crew and find more inspiration and info on play, follow at playful underscore den on Instagram. And for all your retro feels, find me on Instagram at benflyingretro. I'm on there too, at Emma Warrillow, E-M-M-A, W-O-R-R-O-L-L-O, really. This podcast drops bi-weekly on Mondays, but if that's not enough to get your playful vibes vibing, you can also join my Patreon for £5 a month and you'll get a personal pod from me, which drops alternate Mondays. Plus, you can now watch the video interviews of our guests directly in there too. We really do appreciate all your likes, subscribes, follows and shares. These digital high fives really mean a lot to us and help us to grow the show. Okay, let's get on with the episode. It's playtime. Hello everyone, welcome back. This is episode 26, would you believe it or not. Um, Just me today and a very lovely guest. Thank you for coming back to People Who Play. Or maybe maybe it's your first ever time here. Welcome to the Play Revolution. I have a very energetic, bold, confident, awesome guest today. Um, her name is Lou. You may know her from Instagram as Lou in Land. She is a self-described 52-year-old accidental middle-aged influencer dedicated to growing old disgracefully and empowering women to find their confidence in middle age and the menopause. I have actually followed Lou, I think I I tell her this in the interview, for quite a long time. And I remember um, at the beginning, I was like, why hasn't this woman got like a zillion followers? Because she's... She's sort of everything that I think that you want from a content creator. She's creative, she's energetic, and she sort of is quite infectious with her playfulness, particularly with her styling and her attitude. And I am turning 40 next year and have been really looking around the world um, externally and also internally at getting myself into a really positive, excited mindset to enter into my 40s and into these next couple of decades. I think it's quite exciting to carry the sort of wisdom that we've gained through the 20s and the 30s, through parenting, through womanhood, and to take that into the next couple of decades. And discovering Lou has made me quite excited to unleash even more creativity, even more self-expression. Lou um, is actually now living back in the UK, but she has been living in the US and did a 6,000 mile journey across states in a vintage RV called Susie, going around doing talks and preaching about self-love and masturbation. (laughs) And that is what I want to hear about from (laughs) 52-year-old 
<laughs> middle-aged influencer um I just love it. I find it really fun. And self-love is a a theme that has really been at the center of this year for me. So at the start of every new year, I kind of set an intention around like, what do I want to like lean into or level up or focus on this year? Not so much New Year's resolutions, but more like a, a theme. And as I said, heading towards my 40s, I was like, it really is time to drop some of these hang-ups and just embrace who I am and really, really experience self-love because I want to teach that to my children. And of course, the things that we want to teach them, we have to be able to do ourselves. So it was really great to have this conversation with Lou. Um, yeah, she talks about radical, a radical positivity rebellion and a self-love revolution. And well, that is a party that I want to come to. I really hope you enjoy the chat. And guys, I really need your help um, giving this podcast some self-love. If you love the podcast, please share it. You can do it the, you know, do it the 80s way. Just tell people, um, write it in a note, a cheeky little mischievous note, and put it in your WhatsApp group, share it on your social media. But yeah, we would really love you to share the podcast with other people um, and invite more people to our play party. Here is the conversation. I hope you enjoy it. Lou, hello. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for coming to chat to me live from the bus. Thank you for having me. Yes, live from Nashville still. So I'm doing a big tour in the US on my vintage bus. And um, I was supposed to have left Nashville 10 days ago. I'm trying to get my way to New York, which is my end point. I started in Portland in Oregon, which is about four and a half thousand miles ago. And I've only got 775 miles to go. And she's like broken down. And then the garage that are helping me are just like, they ordered the wrong compressor this time it's just so it's so stressful I can't tell you I'm so I'm like the days are ticking by I've got a big event in uh New York on the 1st of October so and I don't want to rush the last bit of the journey I, this is my last yeah. sort of like it's my oh last my goodness week. well you were you were always going to have a dramatic end <laughs> it was always going to be a fiasco. you're going to like <laughs> zoom over the finish line at the last moment um <laughs> But I want to, I want to, I want to talk more about the bus and how you arrived with, with the bus. Um, but yeah, I'm so happy that you're here because when I started this podcast and we called it People Who Play, I was like, I got to get Lou on because she is a woman <laughs> who knows how to play. And I, I've actually followed you for a really long time. And I remember, yeah, from when your account was really small, and I was always so confused. I was like why doesn't this woman have like a million followers? <laughs> um, you're just like, you're what I want Instagram for. Um, and it's Aww, been fascinating to sort of see your account grow and kind of like where you've taken it and what you're doing now. Yeah. So maybe we can sort of start there with like what came before this tour, before the bus and how did what you kind of get to this this point? Well, this bus has only really been wildly, where are we? Eight months, nine yeah. months. In the, and, and here I am nearly at the end of the tour. It's been insane. It's been an insane journey. But my Instagram was always, you know, pictures of my coffee like everybody else's, I guess. And then <laughs> I moved. And then there was a bit of fashion in there, I suppose. And then we moved to America and I started hiking. 
Um, and I and I started crossfitting, and um, the hike post used to get loads um, of likes and you know new followers from that. And I don't know, I was just trying to figure out my way what I was going to do. It was never the intention was not to be an influencer, which I used to be embarrassed to say. Now I'm like, no, I am a bloody influencer. Exactly what I am. Um, unashamed to believe, but it didn't start off like that. But um, I don't know. My confidence was growing. I started in a, uh, I, I go to a, I used to go to a women's group um, run in Portland. And one night there was a, one of the episodes, uh, one of the, uh, one of the themes of the evening was a talk by a woman called Tammy Kent, who's known as the Vagina Whisperer. She's done a TED talk um, called the Vagina Whisperer. And she believes that all our power and our strength and our trauma and all our power is stored in our vaginas. And I wasn't really sure that that was for me, I thought, oh my God, it's a bit woo-woo. I think I might skip this week. My friend really wanted a ride, so I said I'd go. Anyway, we were meditating to our vaginas, and I was so skeptical. I had one eye open, thinking, any minute now, we're going to get punched. It's like, someone's winding <laughs> us up. And I was like, no, come on, you say say yes to everything, to everybody, you know, you know, do what you say. Um, and so I did. I closed my eyes, meditated to my vagina. Cannot remember really what she said to me that night what she said to us as a group that night but when I left I felt really differently and what she'd done now I realized years later is she just completely had shifted my energy and about a year and a half later interestingly someone came to make a, a documentary about me and she asked me she said what was it what was it she did she asked me a question that no one had asked me before about it she said what is it that she did for you and I, it, it took me a year and a half and I went, she put me in touch with all my trauma and all my shame around sex and, you know, being promiscuous as a younger woman and, you know, childbirth and some sexual trauma that I had gone through. She managed to just put me in touch with it and allow it to be. And so, and it had shifted my energy so much, but I couldn't even articulate what she'd done for me. Does, it make, does this even make sense? Yeah. Now I sound really woo-woo. Um, and the very next morning after the, the, before I even realized what she'd done for me, but was just feeling really different, I came out of the bedroom and my husband and my son, um, my husband at the time said to me, what's up with you? And I was like, I don't know, but me and my vagina are feeling very powerful. Anything <laughs> could happen. And my son said, what are you, well, uh, I said, what are you doing? He was watching, um, YouTube and I hadn't paid YouTube much, much mind at that time. And uh, I said, well, what are you watching? Something really dumb. And I went, well, maybe I'll set up a YouTube channel. And he was like, oh my God, mom, like what? No one will watch it. It'll be awful. What would you even call it? And I was like, oh, menopause, Marguerite is the middle age. He was like, oh, well, that'll be fucking shit. <laughs> and then, and then went off to school and I spent all day looking at YouTube going, why do I not have a YouTube channel? I could be great at this. I'm going to do some styling and I'm going to get free stuff. It's going to be great. And, and it, literally it went from there. The next day I started a course on how to become more visible online uh, and build a brand. And I already knew a lot about branding. My husband is, brand, my ex -husband is a branding expert. So that's been quite useful. He's, he's, um, I've, I've listened a lot over 20 years. I know quite a bit. So, you know, I know a little bit about that. Uh, and I come from an advertising background as well, so um, I don't know. It's the you get so you get so far with Instagram, I think, and then you, you're like, I've got to make money out of it. But how do I do that and still be me? Because I don't want to sell stuff I can't sell. I'm like so useless at selling stuff. If I stand there and say, buy this face cream, it's 
people don't like it. My followers don't like it. Nobody likes the post. Yeah. It's like everybody <laughs> votes with their feet. And I do that with other people. I've watched so many influencers lose the message, like selling stuff. And that's just not what I wanted to do. And so um, I just, I picked my brands very carefully. They had to be ones that I would, you know, just naturally have about like a vibrator or a bottle of gin. They're just always casually around in my life. So it's easy for me, you know, and I want to recommend those things, you know, and I want to share those things rather than selling so many products. So I've kind of been really careful about who I've gone into bed with, if you like. Um, but I got some amazing sponsors for the tour um, and investors who helped me by the bus, which was incredible. Um, and yeah, the, I don't know. I was think. sorry, I'm going all over the place. That's all right. It's, all right. I, it's, if I can just jump in. So, because it, it seems like from, do, please. from when you first um, had the the power of the vagina moment to start your YouTube yeah. channel. Um, and the sort of content that you were creating, yeah, there's a lot of styling, which I, I definitely want to talk about. But now it seems to have become much more um, deeper in a way, I guess we could call it. Oh, yeah. Oh. Yeah, it's much more about sort of inspiring this movement of confidence in women. I don't, I think, I know you talk about women of all age, but I think, you know, particularly I, well, certainly from from just viewing your content, it's just really inspirational to see another Thank you. way of being for, for, yeah, for I think of so. that stage of life. And you make me really excited um, to get old, which um, see, is my great. Work, my work is done. My work is done. I just I wondered mean, I what sort of journey you've been on to as, you know, to, because to be able to talk and spread this message, things I'm assuming you know, must have happened with you to to be walking the talk and to spread it to others. Well, it's funny because the, the course that I talked about, um, we talked a lot about what, you know, no one likes the sound of their voice or the, the, themselves on camera. Everyone's like, oh, and I was the same. So part of that course was working out what it is that upsets you when you're looking at yourself. What is it? What gets you stuck? What's your oh, block? Wow. So we worked on that. We worked on that a lot. And I still couldn't, even after I finished the course, I still couldn't. It, I couldn't find my voice. I, I was a lot more visible. I had my, I had a vision of what I wanted to do with the styling and I had a, an idea of my message and I would write my message. Um, and that was, you know, you've already got what, or you, with the styling, I was always shop your wardrobe, what you just restyle what you already have, what you've, you've got it, you've got it inside you, but the styling is the same as life, right? So you've got it in the wardrobe, just try mi mixing, matching a bit better, try something different, see what happens you know wear spots and stripes sign up for the dating app go for the new job leave your husband I don't know whatever it is um and so that was kind of that but I still couldn't talk and then I started doing the vintage shopping tours of Portland and that was starting to make me some money and I was loving that and I was loving the effect it was having on people when I was taking them around the vintage shop saying you know try this try that and seeing the life it gave people was really exciting so then I started shopping again because I have a terrible shopaholic tendency so I was shopping all the time with the vintage shoppers and so then I uh I developed the business into a um rent my wardrobe because mm -hmm. people are always trying to borrow my clothes so I decided to start renting them out so I started renting them out women would come to my house and I had this wicked closet downstairs and I'd get them all styled up they'd bring their mates we'd have a glass of wine tune guard so have fun. a little dance about and because it's cheaper and because I'm there and it's fun in the moment, I could encourage women to try and they're renting it. They're not going to go spend $150 on a sequin mm. jacket 
for one event. But if I was renting it to them for $40, then they'd give it a try and see how I feel. So they rent the sequin jacket and then off they go to the wedding or the party or wherever it was. And then I'm like, oh my God, everyone's, I get messages. Everyone's taking my picture. Everyone loves it. And I'm like, you see, just try something new. And you've, you've rented some clothes and so you've done some good. You've tried something new. You stepped out, you come there and everyone's taking pictures. You feel great. I've made money. We're all happy. So brilliant. I'm doing well. And then COVID yeah. and lockdown. And then no one was going anywhere. Yep. So no one's renting any clothes. And so I started doing a bit of styling. And then I just started doing almost straight away. I was like, right, lockdown with Lou and Luland. I've got to keep everybody happy. This is what I do. This is my this is my superpower. So I just started doing more twatting things, like doing little jokes, and, you know, as well as doing the styling and mixing and matching. And like people just loved if I did anything about aging or anything about mm. confidence, it would just people would just love it. And I get so many comments and I get so many direct messages. So I'm like, okay, this is people, this is what people want. And so at the same time as that, we're locked down, world's gone mad. My marriage is completely, it, we're going through therapy. And I was actually, and it's so sad now when I talk about it in, in reflection, I was finding my power out while I was leaving my husband. And so I was doing this, he's doing this, things are going really well for me, which is really awful for him because, you know, I'm all over the internet going, yeah, fuck it. Yeah. <laughs> and my husband's like, yeah, that'd be me. That'd be me. So that was, there were some really dark days behind the scenes. So, and I'm all about keeping it real. So, and being very honest, but of course I couldn't do that in the middle of therapy with my husband. That was, you know, that's a step too far. I needed to do that with him. But on the side, so all these things are happening. Um, and so they sort of happened together. My divorce and all of lockdown gave me the confidence. And then we then separated and then stayed in the same house. So that was a brutal next sort of chapter moving into the spare mm. room and da da da. And as I'm finding my confidence, my posts are getting wilder. And I posted a naked picture of my ass on the internet and got a dick pic from a guy at the gym. And I mean, I've told this story so many times because I know I hate it. I hate that this dick pic is the thing that sort of like spurred me on another another stage because it'd been a long time I never had even had a dick pic it's the first thing <laughs> that I'd ever got I was very excited I sent it to all my mates I was like oh my god I got a dick pic anyway it belonged to a 26 year old at the gym I knew who it belonged to so that was awkward anyway managed to sort that out uh, <laughs> but it did something to me I was like fuck oh, I still got it you know and I began to realize that I had put so much of that part of me away while we've mm. been going through so many troubles for so long. And, you know, it had been going on. We'd completely neglected ourselves to the point that we'd lost each other and find our way back to each other, which has been desperately sad and desperately hard, especially for him, I think, doing it online with me blathering on about it all over the place. So that's, you know, I have to give him, you know, and hard for my son too, because, he, you know, obviously it's all out there. But they've both been actually incredibly supportive. And Guy and I, I hope, have found a new level of friendship where we can part, you know, we can partner in parenting Oscar. And, you know, he rang me the other night. He's like, Oscar's up to no good. You know, he needs a talking to. So I'm like, right, I'm on the phone. What did you say? I'll back you up. You know, so, you know, that's good. Um, but so and then I just, I was wondering what I was going to do because the COVID came to an end. I was going to do an online uh, positivity course and I finished writing it just as and it was so good but then just as lockdown finished I was like no one's going to want to do an online course ever again <laughs> for the rest of their lives shit 
what am I going to do now? So I was like, well, why don't I do them in real life? So just as I start to think about how that could look and what, how that could work, do I do retreats? Do I take everybody on hikes? Like, how am I going to market this? Um, I saw a vintage bus by the side of the road and it had been done up. Uh, it wasn't this one. It was a different one. And I jumped out of the car, ran around it and just went, oh God, what can I do with something like this? And I went home that night and there was the hugest thunderstorm. I was home alone. There was the hugest thunderstorm. We were living in this beautiful tree house in Portland in the trees. Huge thunderstorm. And this 150-year-old tree came down, fell down, and it fell between me and the neighbor's house. And there's like five foot, oh five God. or six foot. So it clipped both of our roofs. It made the most horrendous sound. If it had hit the house, I'd have died. Yeah. So I was like, it's a sign. Wow. It's a sign. I mean, I had had a joint and possibly a gin. But I decided it was a sign from God and I needed a bus. So then I became obsessed with the bus idea. And I had a business plan all based around the bus where I travel around and throw events. And then the next week I was telling a girlfriend, and I was like, so now I've just got to find a bus. And she knew someone who knew someone in Tucson, Arizona, like the other end of America, who had bought this bus. And he bought it to flip it on the inside. So he... Um, just did up all he did all the inside so I've got all this crazy like flooring Amazing. my leopard my zebra print couch um and I messaged him and said I've heard you've got this amazing bus and he said oh yeah send me some pictures I was like oh my god this is my Instagram this is what I want to do with the bus I haven't got the money give me a month please will you give me a month and he said I'll give you a month so he gave me a month and I crowdfunded the bus um I asked friends family people I'd done Instagram posts for uh people I knew who knew people who might invest because in America that's that's a big difference between America and Britain in America everyone's so uplifting and positive so if you say yeah. that because it's the American dream right I want to yeah. start a business people just go how can I help what can I do let me introduce yeah. you to someone whereas British people go well that won't work or they what go about the MOT? They go, what about the get, MOT you're getting a bit yeah. big for your boots yeah all right simmer down love who do you think you are whereas in America they're like Fuck yeah, here's a thousand dollars. I'm like, <laughs> okay. Um, and so I got um I got thirty-two investors and everybody bought a seat on the bus and bought the bus and got a one-way ticket, flew down to Tucson, picked her up, uh, drove her back, and I was like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna do all these huge events and I'm gonna have all these women come and it's gonna be packed. I'm gonna be like Chelsea Handler in the in a, in the Madison Square Garden, filling arenas by the time I get to New York, I thought. And um then really gradually realized that what I do is I have done that. I haven't filmed that because I can't maybe a while until I do that. I mean, I'm good, but I'm not that good. Um, some yeah. of the events have had 60 people, 60 women, and some have had four, four, four. I'm like four people, four people are coming to see me. And, but it's been the most amazing magical evening. And the four people that came had the most, every single thing has just worked out exactly how it's supposed to be. And actually, I've had more joy from the individual women that have come knocking on the bus door because she's so because she's so noticeable. I roll into the RV park and everyone's like, "What's that?" <laughs> and then they obviously Google me because Lou and Lou land all over the bus, so they Google me and they look me up. And then the, then they start coming. The women. I was in. I stayed in Texas uh, for an extra week because in Austin I had a woman knock on the door whose husband had beaten her up. And she came and stayed with me and we waited for him to go to work the next day. And then we grabbed her stuff from her RV and then we found her a shelter. 
I had, and then I stayed another another four days in Arkansas because I had so many women in need who have been isolated from their part uh, from their families by their partners. They're living in these RV parks, and they're all in trouble, and their self esteem is on the floor. They have no, you know, don't have no education, but they're very limited. They've only ever lived in Arkansas, probably. Lots of, I've met so many people who've never left their town. I mean, I think in Britain, we always chuckle over go Americans, they don't, you know, most, most, so many of them don't even have a passport. But when you live here, it's so different from one state to another. It's like 50 countries. Yeah. I kind of understand why you don't. Like, it's snow up there and there's tropical weather down there. You can get all the weather in one country. Yeah. You can get, the cultures are so different. So I understand more why they don't, but lots of people have never left their state. I like, so live in the country, very simple lives. And they just don't know. They don't have access to information. They don't know things. And so they come looking. To, I've been like a roving agony aunt is what I've been. And then obviously just before I left Portland, um, the Roe versus Wade ruling was overruled mm. in the Senate. So it went more It went more from this is a jolly old trip. I'm going to go in and have a good time to this is a full-blown mission now. Like I'm, I'm out there having these conversations with people. And so it's been amazing. Yeah, Sorry, I, I think, haven't stopped talking. And I think that's <laughs> and I think that's really important because, you know, you can hear the word influencer and you can sort of see, you know, all the kind of like cute outfits and stuff, but behind all of that is such an important message and uh, you know there's a real authenticity um to what to what you do and how you spread it. And I can imagine that you had no idea that you would end up with those types of stories knocking on your door when you set out with your kind of big, sunny, colourful vision and how sort of serendipitous that, that, you know, you're sort of travelling around in this sort of big, colourful bus with the energy that you have. Almost, you know, so (laughs) sort of juxtaposed to, you know, those stories that you're hearing, but you're able to sort of spread that energy to others. So your tour is the self-love revolution revolution what what is that let's just strip it back how do you describe self-love and how do you talk to people at your events about why it matters I never felt good enough I never I spent my whole life not feeling good enough and I have put that on partners I have put that on my friends and I never realized it so much I think I just bobbed along uh, thinking that's just how people felt, um, and I just—I don't know—I've always—I've always been a bit of a square peg in a round hole. You know, I was always too loud. It was always too—I'm always too much. I'm too loud, and I—I um, I was very unapologetic for that for many, many years, and then I became apologetic about it, and that didn't work. And then I think with middle age comes, and then there was just an exhaustion. I think, which is motherhood. And then as he started to get older and be more independent and because I only had one child and also because, and I do absolutely acknowledge, I was so lucky. We were so lucky to get to go to America on guys. You know, Guy had a fabulous job. They flew us out there. They flew all our stuff. They helped us relocate. I mean, you know, we had all bells and whistles. We were extraordinarily lucky. And then I was, I couldn't work for the first year because I didn't have a working visa. So I had this pause on life. And it's funny, I was thinking the other day, I was having a panic attack about coming back to England because I'm coming home. 
And I suddenly, it feels like I always get this feeling when I've been on vacation and I'm going home. I feel like I've been on an eight year vacation and now I've got to get back to work. I've got to get back to real life. <laughs> like it has been real life. I've been through a divorce. I've been through my mother's death. It's not been a vacation, but it's a vacation from the life that I knew in Britain yeah. kind of thing. And it's been so different. But I, when the minute we left, I was like, we making the most of this. We're making the most of it. We're, we're buying the big car. We're getting a big house. We're doing it all stupid. Otherwise, there's no point going. He's going to American school. He's all in. Like, we're, this is it. We're going for it. I'm so glad we did that. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I, I was, uh, I, I mentioned before about being a shopaholic. Well, uh, when I was 41, I gave up shopping for a year. I bought a ridiculously expensive pair of shoes and was having yet another panic attack. I was in yet more debt. I've been hiding from my husband and, you know, stolen money from work do you know what i mean i was just it was ludicrous my spending habits and oh ludicrous and they still are ludicrous every now and again i'll have a little burst and it's bad it's been bad on the tour um but anyway uh you only live once uh and i gave up shopping for a year anyway cut a long story short i did the year and at the end of the year i was so proud of myself and i was 41 it's 10 years since this this and this is probably the very beginning of my journey into this, to where I am sitting right now. The end of that year, I felt, I was like, God, if I could do that, I could do anything. What could mm. I possibly do? You know, what could I achieve if I can do that? And then I had this feeling, I was like, oh my God, I feel confident. And it was the first time I remember in my life, being pleased with myself, proud of myself, confident that I'd achieved something, you know. And then Oscar, you know, Oscar got a little bit older and 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 he'd sort of, I could see you, he was a good kids so that gave me a bit more confidence moving to america obviously gave me a confidence starting all over again getting oscar established in school mm. volunteering with the pta making friends one by one <laughs> joining the gym discovering crossfit you know all these little mm. steps have have and they are there's so many steps and there's a vagina whisper and then there was starting to sign instagram more and then there was lockdown and there was divorce then there was the bus here i am and I honestly don't know, even know really, I've got some ideas about what I'm going to do when I get home, but I'm just like, I've got to get to New York at this point. I can't even leave Nashville. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's it's so interesting to hear you talk about that, um, you know, the sort of ladder to confidence, because I have a lot of conversations, a lot of my audience and that will be listening here um, are mums and, and a lot of them have sort of younger children and they're sort of at that sort of stage, which, which can be, incredibly sort of stripping of your identity and like really exhausting as well um and I've had a lot of conversations about confidence and I think you know how I've tried to talk about it is I think we we look at people and we sort of have lots more role models and examples now and we sort of you know we're looking in each other's windows all the time which was wasn't something that mums used to be able to do and we sort of think oh they look so confident and it always it's almost like this illusion that confidence is like a plug-in like somehow it just comes from somewhere or some people are born with it and it's like all of these little tiny steps it's the actions you just have to do the actions and it doesn't it's not even almost like there's a formula to what that is but it's quite interesting for you it was a challenge I'm going to stop shopping for a year it's not even like I'm going to climb this particular mountain or become an Ironman it's like take a challenge like something that you know is going to mean something to your life that is going to you know you're going to be able to do it stick to it and it's going to create a feeling in you it's like you have to find the right actions to get the confidence back in little steps as you say yeah I mean CrossFit for me 
I w- I'd been doing boot camp, that was fine, but I, you know, I wanted to be more ripped and I wanted to lift heavier weights. And we got to, we got to, uh, um, we got to Portland and I got into CrossFit. And just that, every day, I would start the day, 6 a.m. is my class, and I would look at the workout because you can look at the workout freely because you all do the same workout together. So look at the workout, look at what, undoubtedly, nine times out of 10 go, oh, I won't be able to do all of that. Get there. And then do it. Like, get there, do that one hour, and I've already achieved something I didn't actually think I could possibly do. So I Google stuff, and it was not even 7 a.m. So that, the feeling that I started, I got addicted, I think I got addicted to the feeling of when I finished the clothes, what if I could do that? What else can I do? I think I got addicted to it. But, so I get that feeling every day when I go to the gym. I get that feeling that's an, an accomplishment. Right, next. I don't know, and I, it's funny, isn't it? Because uh, Instagram, I think, I'm busy, I'm always on the lookout for, things like to share so then you start so it's like writing down your blessings or writing down things that you're grateful for every day if you do that as an exercise if you buy a notepad and you write down just in the list it's not not a huge journal entry you go somebody let me out of the traffic lights you know somebody said I had a nice outfit today I got uh, I saw a hummingbird like the most I, I did the workout I got out of bed I don't know you could be super depressed and just getting out of bed and having a shower could be a new mum and you've managed to you know get them to have a daytime nap you know whatever it is if you if you do that every day really simply every good thing that happens really quickly you start looking for them because you want to write them in your journal and so you tune into them in a different way and it's like such a simple simple thing like collecting and then it becomes yeah and it becomes a daily practice to the point where you just I just a lot of the time I either video it because I'm going to put it on my stories or I video it to remind myself or um, I just do it in my head. I remember them in my head. Um, you just start looking for them and it becomes more of a practice than, a, oh, that was nice. And then hopefully those things grow to be bigger than the shitty bits of the day. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Most, most of the days, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, um, like, How would you advise people or talk to us about the role of sort of like aligning how you look outside with inside, if that makes sense to you. Um, because I think, you know, there's been certain times in my life where I've felt like, oh, I really look how I feel. And there's something about that that is just amazing. It really is mm-hmm. amazing. Like it's some, I don't know, like it is some magic. And obviously there is like some privilege of being able to do sort of like grooming and clothing and all that sort of stuff but is that something that you also feel do you does that resonate with oh you? yeah yeah oh yeah who doesn't feel good in a new outfit and I tell you what I'm going to make this my mission when I go back to the UK everybody in America is so good about telling you you look nice they everywhere you go nice outfit nice outfit nice outfit nice outfit to the point where you know if I'm looking particularly good it can be a long day because I could such a lot of conversation <laughs> but now I've realized that's what I've done with the bus so I've just upped the game with the bus now I'm like you know look at me and people come and talk to me about it but if you wear a nice outfit and you get a compliment it makes you feel good you pass it on in turn it's such a simple thing you know when you've nailed a good outfit you know that feeling when you've got something new on and you're like hell yeah and it's super nice and you feel great in it I don't know it's just but it doesn't necessarily have to be new it's stuff you've already got so Mm. that's where I don't know, it comes back to just try new things and try mix and matching and try wearing your best dress to the chip shop. I don't know. It's, yeah. Uh, 
I love that. Like remixing, (laughs) remixing, like just doing things in the wrong order, breaking the rules, mashing it all up. It's really, it's really fun. It's there is, it truly is playful. It is. Oh, so I mean, get dressed with me in the wardrobes. I do. I mean, that will always cheer me up. If I'm miserable, I'll go and do a get dressed with me and just put my outfits on, dancing around in my knickers, lifts my, you know, completely lifts my spirit. Brilliant. Always works. Guarantee it. Um, yeah, I've missed my wardrobe since I've been here. I'm like, oh, it's so hot and sweaty trying to do get dressed with me on the bus. I end up having to lie down in the dark air conditioning. <laughs> you're so you're so right about um yeah, that there's there's a few funny things, like because I've spent quite a lot of time in America and worked quite a lot in America as well. And there's a few things that, you know, you think, oh, if I could just pick this little bit from American culture and add it to the British culture a bit. There's definitely quite a few things that I'm okay leaving. <laughs> um, but That's, I think yes, that exactly. thing of that thing about complimenting and um it's almost like over there there is there is more social confidence. Um whereas there's sort of like an awkwardness here and a sort of sense of like not wanting to, you know, not wanting to sort of like interrupt or say anything out of turn. And you're right, you are so much more likely for someone to just com- compliment you um, in the US versus over here. I was actually on the beach at the start of the summer here in the UK and I was just leaving and a woman like, she almost like ran across the beach to me and I thought, oh my God, what's she gonna say? And she was like, I just came over. I wanted to ask where your bikini's from. And I just think you look amazing. And I, ha- and I, told, uh. everyone, I told everyone on my Instagram because I was like, it's summer. If you want to go and like make the whole summer, go and do that to a woman. Cause I sort of strutted off that beach. Like, you know, I was sort of, yeah, like a million dollars. And it is, we have the power to help one another with that confidence. So, so simple. So simple. If you see a mum, say hi, mum. I don't know. Like just, it's so nice. It costs nothing. You know, I just, we, we all, can empathize with each other you know we've all been through so much the last few years everybody's you know I think it's I think it's amazing um post post COVID has been interesting watching people sort of like slowly transition back out to that what does that look like for everybody because yeah. I think you know the introverts got more introvert the extroverts were all losing their minds <laughs> um I don't know I just I miss pe- I like people I think that you know yeah. go people through fitness, I've done so many fun things, like the hype group that I started. Those mm. women, I mean, that, that that group of women, we've climbed volcanoes, we've, you know, we've, we've walked for motherfucking miles, but we have therapied each other and helped each other and, and you know, the fun that we have, yeah. like when we go on a girl's trip and, you know, going on our little adventures and, you know, it doesn't even have to be a big trip. It can just be a hike for the day or, you know, go to the beach for the day. It's just, you know fresh air and fun is just crucial yeah you know definitely. and girls being with your being with your people making time for yourself and circling all the way back I think if I'd had confidence in myself I mean I think as a woman as a woman we have so many expectations on us we're born with them we put themselves we put them on ourselves we put them on each other then we have a few more heaped on ourselves you know and social media is I call it, the, it's like the devil in the deep blue sea. I mean, we all know the pitfalls. We all know the perfect life that everybody, you know, likes to portray and the cute husbands and aren't we happy? And you're looking going, yeah, all right, whatever. Um, but also, I think it's helped 
women and other marginalized groups mm. find each other like we we're able to look around and find find inspiration from each other and you know inspire each other on I mean I'm always saying on my Instagram you know this is not just about me this is about you everyone's like you're so brave I'm like I'm not scared I'm terrified but you lot made me feel brave by telling me I'm brave so I'll keep going so yeah like, ah. mm. I don't even know if I'd be in Susie if it wasn't for everyone the night I, I bought her and I flew down with on a one-way ticket and I hadn't told anybody I was doing it. And I got to the bus, burst into tears, had a test drive, had no, I just was like, I don't even know how to do this. And the guy who was selling it to me, he left me. I went, well, I'm just going to stay here tonight. I can't drive away today. I'll have to have another practice tomorrow and then and maybe the next day, maybe I'll leave on Thursday. And he was like, all right, whatever. And that night I went on Instagram and I just was like, I'm jealous, me. <laughs> I want to drive around America and meet women and empower everybody. But oh my God, what have I done? Anyway, went to sleep, woke up the next morning, and there must have been thousands of comments on there just going, fuck yes, go, <laughs> woohoo, you got this, you fucking lucky cow. You know, there was everything from fuck you to yes, oh my God, this is my dream. And um, I woke up and I went, oh, I can do it. Yes, I can do it. And he turned up, the guy turned up at 10. He went, right, you ready for another test drive? I went, I'm just going. And he went, no, are you? What? What? You're just going to leave? I went, I'm going. I'm just going to go. I'm going to practice this for the next week, but I'm going. And so if it hadn't been for Instagram, I'd probably still be test driving around a car park in Tucson, honestly. That is, that, is the, that is the power of cheerleading. It that is. is. the power of cheerleading. And it's, and it's interesting because it's like, you know, lots of, we sort of have, we we talk negatively about like doing things for social media, like people sort of fake perfection and fake things. They just do it so they can post it on their socials. On the flip side, there, there is a sort of a, almost like a, a daring yourself when you're thinking, I want to post this picture or I want to make this thing that perhaps that's an interesting way to think about social media, like use it as, you know, the, the friend that is daring you to do something, if it's going to sort of spur you on to just, just edge out a little bit more if you want to. And there's days, you know, I, I keep myself accountable on there. Like, you know, I've got to get, I keep, you know, there are days I don't want to go to the gym. I'm like, no, come on, go, go to the gym, you know, keep going. And particularly through lockdown and lockdown with Lou and Lula. And, you know, I'm like, come on, everybody, every. Every post I post is pretty much me just talking to myself. It's me yeah. telling myself what yeah. I need to hear. Mm. And I'm, you know, I am not extraordinary. I am just a really normal bird. Um, I am a little bit out there, admittedly. And I've got a big voice and big mouth. Oh, going back to, going circling back to sort of something I was going to say. Um, and I was saying after I did the course, I still couldn't find my voice. I was doing more videos. And it wasn't until... I found my confidence through lockdown that I started to talk and I started to share. Now we can't shut me up. But then I, because, but that, I've been looking for my voice all this time. I've been looking for my purpose. I was like, there's more to my life than, there's more to my life than just this. This is, there's a purpose in, I'm, I'm, I'm in this position. I want to use it for good. I don't want to just be getting free stuff on the internet. I've got something that helps people and that really excites me and I find it easy to do. And so this is a good, this is lucky stroke of luck. Okay, so how do I make that work and make a living out of it? And, you know, so somehow in the, in the muddle of all of those things, we've kind of just very publicly gone on the journey with it mm. um, uh, to where we are right now. But it's been 10 years. Because it's funny, I was thinking the other day, fuck, it's 10 years since the non-shopping project. And the first time I thought, God, if I could do that, 
Well, what else could I do? And look at look at me now. <laughs> you now, <laughs> yeah. You're so doing it. You're doing it. Where. So, <laughs> so I, so Lou, I know um, some of the themes that you talk about are like the menopause, and I think you call it growing old disgracefully, and kind of like being um, a woman who is, um, yeah, who is sort of um, maturing, shall we say. Um, I I am 40 in February next year and I wondered if you could give me some like like watch outs what do I need to watch out for and what are the things that you know might catch me out and that I can get ahead of <laughs> your neck because <laughs> I want to grow all disgracefully <laughs> be careful of your neck that's the only thing I will say I don't know it's it, uh, physically it's 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 a thing it's a thing it's a it's a it's it's hard uh it definitely gets harder every 10 year cycle you suddenly notice that Oof. Yeah. uh everything's just a little bit harder but be aware of wasting like don't there's a balance between racing through life and not wasting a moment but also just really learning to appreciate the good and bad don't lose months on end in the pits of despair yeah. just if, if you can learn to find a place where even in the bad bits, you're like, okay, somehow see that as meant to be or find a place where you can just keep, just know that these things pass. And when my husband and I were together very many years and we were very happy for many years, we, we saw so many friends marry and separate. And they would, you know, they would say, how, you know, what's the secret? It's funny now, but they're like, what's the secret? What's the secret? And I was like, you just, you have to know marriage is like life. You'll have bad bits. <laughs> it's just, just, just yeah. no shit happens shit happens sometimes you could prevent it sometimes you can't but shit happens but life is about how you show up for the shit because everybody has it and yeah. often you'll find a lot of people who have it a lot worse than you so if you're counting your blessings and trying to stay as positive as you can it definitely helps when the downturn but know the down down days will come and like how do you get you know have a plan for knowing you're sinking know you're having those feelings again and how do you get yourself out of those? Like I used to say from this morning on my video, I'm going to live in Lula myself. I got a little Lula myself. So I went for a walk, I went to a shop and uh, this afternoon I shall drink wine. <laughs> 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 I know how just, I know just to sit it out and ride it out and I was like, I know I was talking to you at two so I was like, I know that will cheer me up. This yeah. morning I had, a t this morning I had a chat to a clothing brand because I'm doing a clothing line with them. So, like, one minute I'm in, down in the dumps and the next something amazing happens. Ride it so, out. Ride it out. Yeah. It's interesting riding it out. I um. So, my husband and I have been married 12, 12 11, 11 years. Um, and we just, we just had a conversation today that I was like, we've got to get ahead of going like that. Um, and I was like, we're not. Like, we're great. We're having a great time. We're like, you know, having lots of fun. And, and I'm like, so now's the time to think about yeah, that. Yeah, that's what, that's what I was time. trying to explain. Yeah, I was like, I, because my parents divorced when I was like 18, 19. They'd been married 25 years. So that's kind of my model in a way that was my blueprint it's like you sort of you do all life and you hit all the milestones you tick all the box you have the kids you mm -hmm. get the house and then that's it it's you know you're then that's of... the best bit then <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's the best bit the best bit I mean advice I would give you is the best is yet to come 40 is yeah. great 50 yeah. is, 50 is ridiculously good because you automatically at 50 
the pressure's gone out. You're not, you know, if you have either had kids or you haven't been able to and you've gone through whatever journey that has taken you, which is incredibly stressful now because there's, you know, things are, I don't know, everybody's choices are out there, right? But when you time you get to 50, you've either probably had your kids by then and they're growing up, probably getting to teenage, looking to head off to college, or you haven't had them. But, and then you hit the menopause. And so as a woman, we start, we are genetically designed to accommodate other people, our bodies. We start 11 years, 12 years old. My friend's child just started a period of 10. We, as women, start preparing our bodies to accommodate everybody else. How mind-blowing is that? At 10, yeah. our entire physical being is genetically designed to take care of other people. And that's amazing. That is like the most amazing journey and gift in, it, in itself, hopefully, if that's what you want. And if it's not, anyway, you know, you know what I'm saying, because I'm just, I like to be conscious of people who don't have those choices when I'm talking about parenthood. And I know how many agonizing journeys they've had. But you get to 50 and that chapter's kind of done-ish, maybe. And then your period starts, you know, your period's finished. I mean, hello, <laughs> brilliant. <laughs> What's better than that? But is it, you know, it is a hiccup getting there. Yeah. It is some, some people it's a lot worse than others. I had some terrible, terrible sleepless nights. I have some hideous hot flushes. I have rage. I have rage that I've not had since I was 15. But it's so much better. And you just hit 50 and you give slightly less bucks. It just yeah. starts to happen. And, you know, our years of taking care of everybody quite so much, uh, uh, you know, uh, change and it can become more about you. I mean, I'm lucky I only had one child, um, you know, so I haven't still got others. And I haven't got grandchildren yet that I know of. Um, <laughs> hoping that's a little way off. I'm only 51. But um, I don't know. I think it's just it's, life's all chapters, right? It's mm. chapters and it's, it's up to you. It's just, it's up to you. Just don't put your, don't put your happiness in, on anybody else. If you, yeah. if I had more, ironically, if I had more confidence in myself and stood up for myself more in our marriage, we'd still be together. Instead of me going, I just want to make you happy. I just want to make you happy. Yeah. I just want to make you happy, which was great for him. And even I wasn't unhappy. It wasn't like I was, you know, this is all for, but it's like, no, okay, if you need to do that, that's what we'll do. And never mind me, I'll fit in around you. I'll fit in around you. I'll fit in around you. And then I've spent all these years fitting in around him to make mm. him happy. And that's not because he demanded it, yeah. asked that. That's because yeah. I thought that's what I should do as wife. That's what my mum did. Um, that's what my grandmother did. We work around them. And ironically, if I'd gone, no, actually, no, it's about all of us. It's about, you know, we all have a decision. An equal, an equal choice making thing in this. Um, and I, and we didn't have that. And I, you know, and we weren't unhappy. But then all of a sudden, everything was so out of kilter. Yeah. And it's been like that for so long. It's so hard to get it back. Yeah. It's impossible to get it back. Yeah. Which is so desperately sad. There was no affair. There was no, anything dreadful to report it was just desperately sad and and it, I even know that and still can't do it <laughs> but I it's so you have to come to your partnership as a partner considering yourself a partner yeah. of course there's times when one of you relies on the other one a bit more that's just that's the beauty of a relationship but when it gets that out of kilter so just always have value in yourself and what you have to offer you know and that's not always monetary that could be the childcare. That could be, I don't know, but 
value yourself because and I think what yeah. you allude to there is like that value in yourself actually it is for you but it has that ricochet effect on other relationships on other people around you um that can be really beneficial I mean, what, too what have I our family motto was if dad's happy we're all happy and genuinely if he is happy life's a lot better right <laughs> that goes without saying but when dad finds quite hard to be happy then when none of us are all happy I don't know but um, what am I teaching my son? Yeah. Like, your wife will just yeah. revolve around you? So I'm like, no, actually. Well, you, son, you're we certainly to... making up for it now, Lou. <laughs> certainly making up for it now. And I think that's also where all the, um, you know, I talk a lot about masturbation, going back to your question about self-love, which was about an hour ago because I went off on a tangent. So I apologise. <laughs> I'm the worst podcast guest ever. When you were talking about what self-love for you, the vibrators is just such, is, is such is a massive part of it but it's, it's one small part of it but um going back to the neglect in our marriage that was very that had gone on for a very long time and that that was from both of us and we just settled into very lazy very neglectful sexual relationship I was part of myself that I put away um and I wasn't unhappy until I got the dick pic and got horny and went oh that's weird where's that feeling been literally oh little fanny flutter it was talking again it was talking to you yeah. again <laughs> I was like there you are giving me a little you see the vagina whisperer gave me a little oh don't forget <laughs> me and so when I talked about that online so I took you know I took a bit of a plunge and talked about it a little bit online and then a vibrator company were like she fancy being a vibrator advocate I was like yeah sure so they sent me a huge box of vibrators to test and I suddenly started discovering this pleasure in my own body for myself mm. without anybody this coincided again as I was moving into the spare room with a huge box of vibrators I mean what better way <laughs> to leave your husband than with a giant box of vibrators in the spare room see you in a few days it's been nice thanks for the last 23 years I'm off now and I'm getting I'm getting paid to uh, wank in here so it's good work <laughs> um but it was the first time sex has even been about me um, I've been with a boyfriend since I was 11. 11. I've overlapped every boyfriend. It's just, it's awful. It's, it's sad. I, it's not, I mean, I can't lie. I've had a great time. I'm not complaining. I mean, I've broken a few hearts along the way, which I'm not proud of, uh, taking care of myself in that way. That's not what I meant by self love revolution, just like trouncing across everybody. That's not what it's about. But, um, you know, I've just got to, I need to be by myself. Yeah, you know, I need to be yeah. by myself. Sex has always been about making everybody else happy. I'm like, here I go again. Do you see a running theme? Yeah. <laughs> but I don't know. Now it's about me and and, I, and my terms. And yeah. I don't know what they'll be yet because I'm, you know, we'll see. But um, we'll, I'll let you know how that goes. That'll yeah, be the next book. <laughs> and we are we we are rooting for you, and we will all be tuning in. And yeah, it's been so lovely to have this conversation with you um i feel very privileged to have just a little swooped into the bus virtually and we uh we look forward to welcome welcoming you back to blighty yeah not long now she'll be back in a month a month we have to meet up I'm quick, definitely. Oh my God, I'm going to have the biggest welcome home party. I mean, it's going to be a whole festival. Absolutely. <laughs> Just blow uh, my own trumpet. <laughs> do it, I love it. Well, thank, thank you so much and keep up the good work. Um, it's really, really inspiring stuff. Um, and yeah, thank you, we will be tuned and hope that you make it to New York. You can do it. You'll, you'll get there. <laughs> <laughs>
I'll get there. I'll get there. Well, somehow I'll get there. <laughs> <laughs> and I'll see you down the club really soon. <laughs>